Sorry to interrupt you. Please, hopefully, you got to say hello and uh, know who you're sitting with. Let's let's pray together. Gracious God, we again give you thanks for this time together, and we pray that you will uh, lead and direct us to fulfill your purposes, uh, to receive your good and perfect will, and the fullness of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, um, what I uh, wanted to do, uh, give you, one, this, this uh, page, it sort of summarizes largely from a theological perspective, but if you've been um, walking with us and walking through the history, the, the, the history that's behind these issues gives you sort of what, what are the basics? Um, if we had to put it on one uh-huh. And uh, just a review of those that uh, have, uh, um, as we walked through this, um, the, these uh, capture um, the from the basics as the Christian church. Um, uh, what is it that we affirm together? Um, the mystery of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the incarnation of the eternal Word of God in Jesus Christ. That God became flesh in, in Christ. And those are uh, two um, statements that the Christian church around the world um, affirms together. And um, in our book of Confessions, and uh, we've been talking about that, we've looked at the Nicene Creed, uh, which is um, probably the earliest, Creed in our in confessions, and the one that is affirmed by the largest collections of Christians around the world, from Protestants, Roman Catholics, um, the Eastern Orthodox um, uh, Church, um, that affirm, and these two points are the basic elements of what it is um, to be a Christian. From the Reformation, which we've talked about, what, what sort of distills from that, which we've um, spent a good bit of time on looking both at justification by grace through faith, and at what is, in, in a sense, that it's a little uh, large for a bumper sticker, but close um, to be a bumper sticker for the Protestant Reformation. That, yeah, yeah, you, you could summarize it. I guess grace happens is uh, one that we could say is that uh, uh, captures in a uh, bumper sticker. But spend a good bit of time looking at, at that one. Uh, we are made right with God um, because of His gift to us through faith. I'll let you. This is a little secret. This is an extra ben, um, benefit for being in here. But the. Uh, um, if you're in the first service, um, you know that this sermon series is one where we've taken, um, we've looked at Jesus' words in the Gospels, and we've taken them, and we've um, just seen which one did he use the most. What was the word that Jesus used the most, and then the second, third, and fourth. And the first verb, um, that comes first in, in the, the verb listing that Jesus used the most, is the word Give. Um, Jesus said give more than any other verb. It was the fourth most common word that, uh, that he used. Um, so that speaks, I think, loudly to the sense of God's grace. That God gives and we um, receive. 
Um, but that was, that's the basics of the Protestant Reformation. And then, fourth, Scripture as final authority for salvation and the life of faith. It, it, scripture is our ultimate authority. And that's where we go above our own personal experiences, above our collective wisdom or ignorance, whichever it might be, uh, above uh, a creeds or history or anything else as we continue to go back to the scriptures as our um, final authority. And then, um, finally, in terms of the Protestant Reformation, there are different uh, uh, manifestations of the Reformation, one of which is the Reformed um, Church, Reformed Basics that are encapsulated in Presbyterian churches and other Reformed churches, and this captures um, what they, um, what we focus on. The, the sovereignty, the, the majesty, the, the beauty of God. That uh, God's the one that initiates and we respond. The priesthood of all believers. You know, that basic phrase that the ground at the cross is level. Uh, that all are, um, and uh, Chappie will talk about this today a lot. Um, because the first word is Father. And that we all have equal access to God as our Father. So the priesthood of all believers, that we, we're all in the, the, the same place in terms of our, our value, our position before God in Christ. A third, all truth is God's truth, all space is God's space. There is no place that, that God is not present and there is no truth that has not come from the creator of the universe. And that, what that frees us to and leads us to is to um, uh, participate in all of life under the guidance, direction, joy of God. And that we participate in that together. There's no, um, the, the, any particular um, area of work, uh, academic discipline, whatever it might be. We, we can participate in because those, that is what God created. It's God's truth and God's um, space. Um, my favorite little story of that was when I did a lot of stuff with high school ministry and I would happen upon an inappropriate joke. You know, and they would stop telling it when I would come upon it in conversation. And I would and then get really mad at me. So, You'll, you won't say it in front of me, but God who's present everywhere, you'll say it in front of God. They didn't think that was funny. They told me to go home. And then the last one, reformed and always reforming according to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now we are always aware that we don't have it perfect. We're, we're aware, that's it's really sort of another way of saying that common uh, phrase of total depravity. That, that, you know, that we are prone to the sin of idolatry. And we're going to work our way into it um, uh, in any way that we can. So we're always in that um, movement of reforming, always reforming, according to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that sort of captures... In essence, those those basics that have formed us, and we've looked at where these came from, and spent a lot more time looking at them in, in detail. This sort of captures them. Any uh, particular questions around those, or any other insights, any ahas as we were walking through these over the course of the last several weeks, and something was 
um, new or something was uh, particularly poignant for you or I'll review okay the last thing on this sheet is comes uh, from uh, uh, our time of looking at history, particularly at the beginning of CHPC. And, um, and you'll see some parallels here and some uh, further development. Um, but one, uh, and largely this comes from what uh, Bill um, Custer did. He looked at our particular history and saw what was, uh, um, what was the, the focus there. Biblical authority, missions and evangelism, social justice, um, and informed people, uh, ed educated um, uh, leadership. Um, humble, not elitist, the importance of leadership training, and an openness to God's Spirit. And if you recall, as he was going through this, um, a number of things from our beginning, from professors that were from at Miami who were particularly focused on uh, abolitionism, and they had, um, came down here to start Farmers College to educate farmers. Um, children, um, and so the importance there of uh, biblical authority, the importance of missions and evangelism as they then moved from the farmer's chapel to build a building here that was that would uh, um, uh, that could hold almost as many people as lived in the community at the time so um, a real sense of missions and evangelism, obviously their connection with abolition movement for social justice um, as professors, uh, the call to be informed and, and educated, yet really had a humble spirit um, um, about them um, and focused on training leadership and a real openness to God's spirit even in that day and the con the, another controversy of that day in terms of new school and old school. If you remember us talking about that, uh, those that founded this church were the, the new school, which was one that said you know, that, that the spirit is still at work in us, continuing to lead us um, into the, the, the new frontiers that God has for us. That's always been, or that has been in our history as a particular church. So, this, so this captures from um, Jesus until about uh, the 1870s uh, here, um, and what formed from that, uh, maybe uh, the 1900s. And then the other sheet is an interesting little history sheet, and, and a lot of this uh, a number of folks, remember this whole class formed out of folks uh, meeting with the session saying, here's some of our questions. Well, some of the questions were, you know, how did we, what's our history? What are our, what's the, the core values that we hold to, the core beliefs, the, the, the basic beliefs? And that's why we spent and then tried to capture together. Thank you. Yeah, feel free. There's more up here if you don't um, have them. There's, right now, you should have something that says Christian Basics and something else that says Basics Matter at the, the top. And uh, what you have captured here, and we're not going to read through this, but I, I give it to, to you, are collections in basically the last uh, 40, 50 years of, and, and depends on what the hot, term of the day word, whether it was a call or a vision or core values or core principles, um, the, what we called it differed over the course of time as what was the uh, sort of the, 
um, word of the day uh, for trying to capture what our mission um, was and putting it in language of the day for us today. And so you can capture here uh, the call in 1978, um, 98, and the vision in 2003, core values from 1998 and 2003. And, and what I think you'll see, you'll see how these flow um, rather somewhat directly and some pretty clearly from what are our, our basics, the reformed basics and our particular basics as followers of Jesus, and even from our particular history at our um, inception. And uh, the last piece, we will take, take one and pass it around. There's a basic matter, Christian matter, and then the last one I want to do is a church without walls. And this captures then the uh, mission, vision, focus of the church as best we have it on paper uh, today. love-hate relationship with these vision statements, mission statements, and those kind of things, just because they're really nice on paper, uh, but the real question is, uh, are you living it out? You know, I mean, does it uh, really make sense for you? And so what? Um, one thing that I'll regularly do when we have uh, um, uh, gatherings with new members is I'll ask them, what would you say is our vision? What, what would you say is our mission? If you, if you had to say, what are the, the top two or three things that you say, well, this is what is specific, unique, a focus of this particular church that's always set. Um, and how would you put that um, on uh, paper in terms of what you see and what you've experienced? And um, I'll, I'll do that, and then I'll hand out um, our most recent one, which is the Church Without Walls Connecting, Serving, and celebrating that's that is really um, based on flows from is rooted in the statements that have come um, before you really trying to be an expression uh, for us today and a particular poignant word for us today for who we are as a particular um, church and in actuality really sort of spent the last four Sundays in worship, walking through this, just doing it with a different language, um, about uh, giving heaven um, to the world, uh, to give them heaven. And in a sense, that's the charge for every particular church, um, is to tear down the walls between earth and, and heaven. And for us, what does that look like um, as we connect with one another in Jesus, no matter our differences as we serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost, and as we celebrate Jesus, no matter the, the circumstances. That's what we seek to be, a community that lives by those. That is, for us, in our context, 
and this day, this time, this place, in these bodies, on this soil, or what it looks like for us to live out that 2,000 year history. Um, as New Testament scholar N.T. Tom Wright says, being Acts chapter 29. That's where we're, we're living out. Um, so, all of that is to answer those questions. What are our basics? What are our cores? What is it that we believe that are the foundation and then the soil upon which we are planting our seeds and upon which we are growing um, in Christ? There are a number of other questions. If there are other questions or thoughts around that, then I ask, um, then Sam Stair has some, um, some other questions that were a little more specific um, uh, around relationship to the denomination and things like that um, that she's going to answer. God bless you. And again, these are from questions that you've been asking us, and so we wanted to catch them and give them now. Okay, my questions are, whoops, hello. My questions are, uh, what are the other major Presbyterian denominations uh, and why did they leave? Are my tithes and offerings supporting what I, through the Bible, consider a sin, uh, promoting sexuality and abortion? Why do we as a church have to give to any organized church entity? Um, are our values put on the chopping block because of this affiliation and can we withhold money from the PCUSA until this question is resolved uh, and where does the money go that we give to the PCUSA and how much do we give? Needless to say, those are easy questions. Um, uh, the other, um, other Presbyterian denominations, some of those occurred because of national events. For example, there was a clear split between um, uh, the, the National Presbyterian Church in America, as, as it was born, um, and the folks who went over through the Cumberland Gap. And so you had a variety of churches starting, such as the Cumberland Presbyterian, um, as a result of that westward migration and, and folks believing that you didn't necessarily need ordained clergy in order to minister to a flock. Um, second occurred, big one, occurred as a result of civil war. And so you had a southern stream that was formed and a northern stream that was formed. This congregation was part of the northern stream. Actually looked at our articles of incorporation and we are incorporated as under the United Presbyterian Church in the USA. Um, and that division was uh, remerged back in 1983. Um, the other uh, major groups are the Presbyterian Church in America, uh, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and the newest is the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians. There are a lot of other split P's, but those are the, those are the biggies. Uh, any quick questions on them? Yes, sir. Uh, that's a different question. That's not my question. <laughs> Actually, come on Wednesday. Come on Wednesday. The video is real clear in that department. 
I'm sorry. The question was, uh, what does it mean to be an evangelical? Okay, that's that is definitely a different question. Okay, uh, are my times in offering and supporting when I through the Bible considers sin, promoting homosexuality and abortion? Um, this is this is a position that your missions committee of this congregation has taken. That is that we will totally designate national program monies, and as a matter of fact, we designate to support three PCUSA missionaries uh, at about $21,000 out of the $47,500 that we give to missions. So when you talk about programmatic dollars, that's the decision that we have made. Now, having said that, there are per capita monies that are about $27.88, 20, $27.88 that are used for a, for really operation of the, the the connectional church, okay? That is the presbytery executive all the way up through the general assembly, and those monies uh, there's no way to designate. Uh, the way that we designate them is through the decisions that the general assembly make. By and large, the folks who are at those upper levels of the denomination. Um, are acting in obedience to the constitution of the denomination. Um, so we we do through per capita give about thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars. Um, there is a fundamental change which happened recently since the first of the year. That is, for every pastor that we have, uh, we provide. Pensions and benefits. We have no option around not providing pensions and benefits. Those are paid through the denomination. And the Board of Pension and Benefits, as of January, decided that they were going to fund um, uh, partner relationships. That includes same-sex partners as well as non-married partners. The other thing that they decided was that they were going to fund or acknowledge that they had been funding abortions. And that is a major change. So that has happened since January. Um, why do we as a church have to give it to any organized church entity? What are the benefits derived from such membership? And are our values put on the chopping block because of this affiliation? It's these kind of questions that have prompted your session to really begin this discernment process. And this is not a quick answer. It is a, it is a question that all of us really need to struggle with. And I'm not going to get you off the hook. Um, can we withhold monies from the PCUSA until some of these questions are resolved? There are many that don't want their money going to a cause that doesn't support the value, their values. Folks, we've been there, we've done this. Um, 1993, the session actually withheld per capita for a number of years and banked it, escrowed it. And then when they had some more clarity around the relationship with the denomination, 
they not only gave that back to the denomination, but they gave it back with interest. Um, it, it was a strategy that was used in many places within the denomination. It just does not work. Um, what are the core values? And I believe that Drew answered that. Um, what is tolerated in the PCUSA? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, help me with that a little bit. Yeah, the question was... It, okay, Les has said that uh, he and his wife have asked that the giving that they have, many years ago, that they give to this church not go to the PCUSA. Um, and, and the reality is we do honor that. And part of the way that we honor it is because we do designate any program monies. That's right. <laughs> Sally counts the money. She's the wise woman. <laughs> um, but yes, that, that is a way. Leverage. You know, when you don't have any money to operate, you feel a little constricted. Pay attention to what the folks who are withholding the money are saying. We didn't just withhold the money. We gave a perfect rationale for withholding the money in those days. A variety of, yeah. There was a discernment process leading up to that and following that. And, uh, and uh, at, at that point, we elected to remain in the denomination. Um, but there was that, yeah, people did pay attention to us, at least local folks did, because they were feeling it in their pocketbook. And I mean, I mean, Come Wednesday. What's Wednesday? Oh, I'm sorry, you were not in the first service, my, my day out here. Um, on the next two Wednesdays, uh, the 6th and the 13th, there will be an opportunity that we're calling Growing Together Wednesdays. Uh, if you go to worship, you'll hear me say this again, there will be a green handout that y'all, many of you, received last week talking about this. We will be showing a video in this room from 6.30 to 9, and it really begins to articulate some of the points of departure uh, that led us back in 1993 as well as today. Um, to withhold the funds. Yes, ma'am. You mentioned that if the uh, withholding of funds was a strategy that was ineffective. Yes. Can you just speak very quickly to why it did not work? Okay. The question was, why was the withholding strategy ineffective? Uh, there was not enough unanimity across the denomination uh, that it that it had um, an effect. It certainly had a, an effect within our presbytery, both in, in a positive sense as well, because when we were restored to fellowship within the presbytery and restored the monies, it spoke volumes. Okay, but as a national strategy, it really did not work. 
and call you. Yes. This was the you said it's at ninety three? Nineteen ninety-three we we began yeah withholding. It continued for a number of years and then the full amount for those what would have been our per capita for those years was then restored with interest. Why was it given back then? I mean what was the decision made? What was the cause for the at the back? end of the discernment process, similar to what we're going into, or that we have been in actually since February, at the end of that, as a congregation, uh, the, the session believed that we needed to continue to be in fellowship with them in the denomination. Uh, it was Bill Evans that it finally happened, yes. <laughs> For him, it was a policy. I mean, it was, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I believe a, a part of, of that decision that the session made <clears throat> Barry, time, this is being recorded. If you're giving a session answer. Well, I think I can shed some light. Barry Stair is the clerk of session, which means he is not a session member, but he's an active player. Uh, part, part of the rationale for why we went that way was after the, the birthing of ECC, the session reaffirmed the, you know, which one of these sets of values that we uh, that we talked about, saying, "Okay, this is what we this is what we believe." Those of us that opted not to leave the not to leave College Hill Presbyterian and not to leave the denomination, and part of the rationale for why that was restored was we thought we could have a stronger voice particularly within the presbytery, if we were participating in a lot of ways, including financially. If you stand outside and you're withholding your money, people don't always want to listen to what you have to say. And that was, it was seen that, that withholding was not having the desired effect, so we decided to go back the other way. And in fact, if you talk with Chappie or Drew or any other folks who are involved with the, within the Presbytery, it did have that effect. Uh, you know, we were seen as, as active players. Uh, there are a number of PC, uh, a number of us who sit on various key committees within the, within the Presbytery. Um, and, and frankly, in our Presbytery, our relationships are better right now than they ever have been. Okay, that doesn't mean we're agreeing with everything that's going on, but the relationships are much better. Um, isn't it true that the, the act of withholding funds by a local church is, is, not, a, uh, is not an avenue for grievance that is um, supported within the polity of the denomination? In other words, it's, it's an act of rebellion that is against the polity. So an argument for restoring that is that the um, operating within the, the polity of the denomination, it has um, acceptable and appropriate methods of disagreement and rect rectifying situations. Withholding funds is not one of them. Similar to not paying your taxes uh, because you disagree with the government isn't looked upon particularly legally or, or, or favorably. So, um, so that was one of the rationales for Restoring that was that we are choosing to operate within the polity, and, and, and part of the discernment process is if, 
if we find that we can no longer operate within the quality of the denomination, rather than be um, disobedient rebels within the denomination to the denomination. I'm sorry. <laughs> answer was, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's rules of the game, you play the rules of the game, and, and you know, then you have a voice. Um, if you don't, then, you know, you need to declare you're not, and uh, leave. Anyway, yeah, sorry, that was a truncated version of your, what you said. Can, can I have whoever, you know, if you're going to do what, uh, <laughs> what Chris just did, but take the mic, please. Um, I was just going to say, I hear people asking about, was it effective? And I'm just reminded that to win is not always the effect that God wants from us. About our obedience in a process and honoring Him, to just evaluate, well, did we get our way? Was it effective? Seems not quite the way we're given to look at something. Yeah. Um, the yeah. It's what's your definition of win? Okay, and that there is a, a role that obedience plays, uh, which I think is what Chris was really saying. That, that there is a, uh, in the Constitution, it is clear that as part of a connectional church, we are connected uh, by, by spirit, by, uh, by presence, active work within, and then also money. Yes. Because it seems like what, in, in a sense that withholding money allowed people to have a clear conscience in their giving, perhaps it was effective. But then what Chris is talking about where, you know, we, we say we're going to operate within the polity of the PCUSA, and if we can't, then we need to decide what our decision is going to be ultimately. But I, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to take um, one minute because um, I have uh, to be somewhere uh, in a few minutes. Um, but I uh, did distribute these, um, just some housekeeping about this spiritual formation hour. Um, uh, continue to get feedback of how this helpful, uh, you'll, you can see it in fall, winter, spring, which one you took, and any place for comments. Um, that's really what we're looking to, to uh, capture. And you can just uh, leave those on your table, and we will uh, um, pick them up and distribute to the the team, um, or you can drop them off at the front desk and they'll get to distribute it um, uh, to us, um, delivered to us. Um, but um, I, uh, this conversation can continue uh, right here for those that want to, to, to continue. Uh, Sam's um, uh, be sure to come Wednesdays. Uh, if you have further questions, particularly um, about the, the process, um, uh, Wednesday nights or Sunday, um, you can, and right uh, now, or you can continue to um, ask about that if folks have questions about that. Um, and, uh, uh, and on here are the information in terms of other places to, to ask uh, those questions. Um, but uh, just before we go, I just want to say what a pleasure it has been for me and the rest of us that helped to, to put this um, class together and uh, what a, a great way to get back to the roots and um, a great way for uh, us to interact with each other 
and uh, really affirm um, us as a group um, in engaging in some difficult places um, that are hard even to, to discern and that uh, are emotional in our own lives and being able to do that in ways that um, still, um, to, in a good sense, you know, to disagree agreeably. Um, and to give honor to Christ first and foremost, even above and beyond our most cherished um, opinions in how we um, engage with one another. So um, my, my prayer for us um, as we engage in these next several weeks with congregational vote, um, uh, regardless of what the vote is, and if there's another vote, is that God will lead us to be unified and even excited about the church that we're a part of. To be unified and excited about the church that we're a part of. So whatever it takes us to walk to get to that that goal, um, God alone knows and uh, God will lead us. So um, let's uh, pray real quick and I'll hand the mic over to Sam. Father, thanks again um, for this time. We indeed surrender ourselves to you. Lead us in the way that will indeed bring you glory and honor. Fulfill your mission so that you win. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, for those of you who have not been to worship or were not here last week to get this green form, let me just read this briefly. On June 17th, CHPC will hold a single worship service at 10 a.m. The sessions call the congregational meeting follow the service to have active members vote to enter into a discernment process with the Cincinnati Presbytery. This is not an end run. An affirmative vote will officially take us to the next step in the discernment process that was begun in February. Um, the February, in May, the Presbytery adopted a gracious policy that is reprinted here below. In calling for a congregational vote, the session is responding to this policy. This is not a vote to stay or leave the denomination. Let me say this again. This is not a vote to stay or leave the denomination. And in order to prepare folks for this vote, there are several ways. One, for the next two Sundays, this Sunday and the following Sunday, there will be folks in the fireside room at 9 o'clock and after each of the services. Secondly, there are Growing Together Wednesdays. We will be showing the same video, the same video, both Wednesdays, the 3rd and the 13th, 6.30 to 9, right here. And there is child care available and a number to call. Then on your own, you can also go online to see the video. Uh, and there is a link directly from the CHPC website. And finally, there will continue to be more basic classes that will be offered and prayer times that are noted in the bulletins. Yes, sir? If we, if we be here on that Unfortunately, no. Sorry, not our rules. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but the advantage of coming together 
And again, the name of this Wednesday is our Growing Together Wednesday. This is not Chris's decision. You know, it's not Jean's decision. This is a group decision, uh, both on the 17th and any future votes that might be taken. And I believe that God is using this to really form us as a congregation, spiritual as well as intellectually. Um, you know, whether we were in some kind of discernment process or not, I still recommend that you save these videos because, for me, it helps me to read the newspaper. You know, it helps me to understand what in the world is going on here. Um, but it also helps you understand the real need within the church. When we are a church without walls, we need to know what kind of church we are without walls. So I would really encourage you to do that. What about the session last week? Somehow it was good to be here because of the holiday. Is there, you say these are tapes, so where do you wear uh, I believe they're tape. If you will call Sam Robson, um, right there, there's that lady. She'll tell you exactly. Any other questions, Clickies? Uh, any of you who wish to linger, I'll be available to talk. But I would really encourage you to prayerfully consider being here. There will be two opportunities to interact with others who are here on each of the Wednesdays. Thank you.